This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm excited to be joined today by my co-host, Megan Hustline. Hey, Meredith. A lot to talk about today in the sports world, so I'm excited to get into it. I know. We had a lot of exciting things happen over the weekend, and today we're recording on a Monday. You know, despite the fact that as of tonight, the college football regular season is going to be finished. Not regular season, entire season is going to be finished. Right. And I feel like it hasn't been like super hyped up. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's not much excitement surrounding this game. I mean, I'll watch it. It should be somewhat interesting, but I don't know. It's kind of just the same old, same old. So I'm not that excited about it. And I don't think much of America is either. No, and we're going to talk about some of those implications later on the show. Uh, But, you know, of all the things, we might as well get the bad news out of the way first. Uh, So the breaking story from college football today was that the college football playoff is not expected to expand until after the 2026 season. Um, The conference commissioners met in Indianapolis today ahead of the finale of the college football playoff. And ultimately, uh, we're not able to come to an agreement to expand the playoff before that date. Yeah, this is definitely unfortunate news. Um, I just I I think I speak for everyone when I say that we want to see more than just the same four teams every year. And it just makes it so exciting, like having more teams in there. And I think this year really showed that with all the bowl games. You know, with the Notre Dame-Oklahoma State game is just one example. Heck, even the Ohio State game. Like, all these other teams that would most likely make it to an at least 18 playoff, it would just be a lot more exciting. There'd be some more upsets, better games overall, besides the blowouts that we saw in this year's college football playoff. So definitely a disappointment that we're going to have to wait even longer for an expansion. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of hope earlier this season when the idea of an expanded playoff was first introduced. It felt like, you know, it was a very obvious scenario. Some of the numbers that are getting thrown out there are an additional $500 million in revenue uh, from an expanded playoff. Um, So lots of financial motivation to expand. Um, But what seemed to be the crux of the issue was around the logistics of what an expanded playoff could look like. Um, You know, four teams to eight teams, like eight teams to 12 teams, what would uh, buys look like? And ultimately where it rumor has it all fell apart was around the issue of automatic qualifiers um, with the alliance of the big 12, Pac-12 and big 10 Um, arguing in favor of automatic qualifiers from those conferences um, and group of five teams sort of getting left out of that picture for the most part. I mean, I kind of agree that there should be automatic qualifiers. If Cincinnati showed anything this year in the playoff, 
it was that they really just didn't belong there against Alabama and I think pretty much any other playoff team. Um, I mean, it's like kind of like we just assume like, okay, Ohio State's going to make it one year. Heck, even Michigan. Like someone from the Big Ten's going to make it every year. Someone from these Power Five conferences are going to make it every year. So I don't know. I feel like this this should not be holding back uh, the discussion of expanding the college football playoff. Um, I mean, I guess I can see both sides, but I don't know. I guess it is just an interesting issue. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the question of who the automatic qualifiers are, we did see the results, not just from Cincinnati, but frankly, a Big Ten automatic qualifier this year had a worse result um, than Cincinnati did as a group of five team um, when you compare Alabama and Georgia. But the other issue that we've seen with the playoffs and the consistent criticism that we've seen of the four team playoffs is that there are a lot of blowouts. Um, we all, we probably choose not to remember the time that Ohio state laid a goose egg against Clemson. Um, but you know, losing by 30 plus points is almost a more common scenario than not when it is, uh, the college football playoff semifinals in particular. Um, but to your previous point about the Rose bowl and some of the excitement around the other games, we're seeing issues with the playoffs come to fruition in terms of TV ratings as well. So overall ratings for the college football playoff semifinal games were down 14% year over year. Um, you mentioned, obviously, when a team is getting blown out, it's not exactly exciting to watch well into the fourth quarter or even up to halftime when the game is decided by then. Uh, but it turns out that the Rose Bowl game had just as high ratings as the college football playoff semifinal matchups. I mean, the Rose Bowl was literally just like a game out of a video game. It had anything that you'd want to see in a football game, it had it. So, it. I mean, it makes sense that it would have just as high as ratings. I believe it had higher. I could totally be making that up, but I thought it had like the highest rank or the highest amount of viewers in bowl games, including playoff games. I don't know. could be wrong. But... I mean, it was just a phenomenal game. It was back and forth, which is what you want to see. It was just so fun to watch, so intriguing, and you wanted to stay with it compared to Georgia just completely dominating Michigan, Alabama doing the same thing with Cincy. Those just aren't fun games to watch. So, I mean, I really don't know the answer, I guess, but, I mean, it makes sense why people would rather watch a game like Ohio State in Utah versus what Georgia and Michigan did. Not to brag as an Ohio State fan, but it's something that we've known for years and that's been acknowledged even by folks like Kirk Herbstreit on ESPN that when Ohio State is in the championship or in the playoffs, it's better for ratings. Um, more folks are tuning in. Uh, we have obviously a massive nationwide fan base. Um, and so it is ultimately, you know, a boon for the sport uh, when Ohio State is in that playoff, no matter what size that playoff is. Um, but one of the other effects that we're seeing this year, and some of this is due to COVID, some of this is due to the fact that the game is in Indianapolis. Uh, and if you are in the Midwest, you or you noticed that we had some freezing rain over the weekend. <laughs> um, but ticket prices have been plummeting. Um, so initially, the low end of tickets uh, were going for about a thousand bucks a pop. Um, so just to get in the game, 
uh, at Lucas Oil for this evening's matchup. Um, but now they're sitting at about 400 for the worst seats. So definitely a pretty penny for a football game and for nosebleeds, but uh, that's a far cry from that list price. Yeah, I really think that the COVID variant definitely plays probably the biggest role in this. Uh, People just are trying to stay safe, not go to as many sporting events. And obviously the ticket prices are reflecting this because they are not selling as many as they'd hoped. So definitely unfortunate that we're still dealing with this. Seems like it's never going to end. But yeah, this is just affecting sporting events all around the country. I mean, Ohio State even closed down concessions at their basketball games too. And I think that's going to definitely affect um, tickets being sold as well. So yeah, I guess the whole sports world is feeling the effects of COVID again. Definitely. Um, And, you know, again, there's probably some factors that are specific to college football and this particular game. Um, However, we've seen these effects already with some of the final games of the NFL regular season with tickets sort of, you know, ticket prices plummeting. Um, And NFL playoff games as exciting as we they are, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, those are expected to also have somewhat dampened ticket sales as well. Yeah, and like you said, it is unfortunate because these are exciting playoff games. Like this past Sunday was probably one of the most, if not the most exciting slate of games that I've seen all season. And the playoffs are just going to be a continuation of that. So it's definitely unfortunate that this new wave is coming in at the peak time of, you know, the NFL season. So it's sad that not as many fans are probably going to go and see this in person, but I guess that just means that TV ratings will go up. So I guess there's pros and cons, but yeah, I definitely expect to see tickets, uh, the amount of tickets sold for these playoff games to be down. Um Definitely uh, something to watch out for. And certainly, you know, price sensitivity uh, will be impacted by the continued effects of a global pandemic. Uh, Some more to come in terms of that. Um, But keeping with the NFL and other news, uh, as I mentioned, we are recording on the first Monday following the conclusion of the NFL regular season, which means that today is Black Monday, one of the saddest days in the NFL season uh, because it is when all of the coaches get fired. Um, So the big stories of today uh, were Matt Nagy getting fired from the Bears, literally no surprise. Uh, Mike Zimmer getting booted from the Vikings. Uh, We saw Vic Fangio. I believe he got fired actually on Saturday. Um, But the one that surprised me was Brian Flores uh, getting the ax from Miami. Yeah, this was a huge surprise for me as well. It just, it doesn't make sense. I, I mean, okay, yeah, you lo- you go on a seven-game losing streak, but then you follow it up with a seven, eight, nine-game win streak. Like, they just defeated the Patriots. It's not even like they lost their final game of the season. They had a big win against the Patriots. Like, I just, I don't understand it at all. He totally turned around their season, and I thought he did a great job coaching, but there must be something inside maybe he doesn't have the locker room maybe there's just internal struggles with him but I'm, I'm curious to see what comes out with with that, this news because it just it doesn't make sense they finished with the winning season like I don't know 
I'm just very confused. I am 1 million percent with you. Uh, Dolphins finishing with a 9-8 and record. You mentioned this is such a fun stat, but the Dolphins this season were the only team in NFL history to have a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season, um, which is simply bananas. But like you would think the fact that he managed to turn around in a seven-game losing streak and make that team a winning team, as you mentioned, uh, beating the Patriots, it's not like the back half of their schedule was much easier than the front half. Um, so I am truly flummoxed with this one. Not sure if they have a lead on someone who maybe could – you know, elevate them even beyond what Brian Flores was able to. But it feels awfully risky to be firing a team who led your team to – or firing a coach who led your team to a winning record. Yeah, it's just another one of these questionable moves that the Dolphins have been making these past few years. It's just – I really don't know what direction they're trying to go. Um, but, hey, Brian Flores is definitely going to be a prime candidate in this – head coaching carousel that happens. So, I mean, any team that gets him is going to be super lucky. It's just very confusing why the Dolphins decided to let him go. I'm not too sure about that one. Yeah. Um, so obviously these four coaching uh, firings came at the end of the season, but we ha- cannot forget that Urban Meyer was also fired from Jacksonville um, and John Gruden resigned from the Raiders earlier this season. Um, so lots of coaching vacancies. Um, which brings us to the Jim Harbaugh rumors. Um, I, I just have a lot of feelings, Megan, about this. I, I do too. I, I really don't know how to feel though. Like, I don't know. I'd like, I think he might do better in the pros. He's obviously had a lot of success uh, during his past coaching in the NFL. But at the same time, the thought of him possibly being Chicago's head coach, which means being Justin Fields' head coach, I just, that kind of makes me want to barf. Like, I cannot deal with that. But at the same time, I also do want him to stay at Michigan because obviously he's had a ton of trouble beating Ohio State up until this year. So. I really don't know how to feel. I I think he might actually leave Michigan, but I just, I'm nervous to see where he ends up in the pros. Yeah. In many ways, and I might be eating my words by tomorrow morning, the way our recording schedule goes. um, In many ways, this feels like just typical rumor mongering around Jim Harbaugh. Like every other season, it's, is he going to get fired from Michigan for not beating Ohio State yet again? Um, And this year it's, you know, can he go and fill one of these NFL coaching vacancies? And it's funny because a lot of folks are saying, well, he played for the Bears. You know, he might want to go back to his old franchise, but it's not like he was a star at the Bears the way that he or had as much of a tie to the Bears the way that he does at Michigan. Um, So it almost feels like why would he leave this job that is basically his dream job, especially after such a magical season? Um, However, you know, he – he is a good coach, and you mentioned it. He has the resume um, of a very good NFL coach, uh, obviously taking San Francisco to a Super Bowl uh, and ultimately getting beat by his brother um, and the Ravens previously. But I don't know. It feels like it's a lot of talk, 
and we'll probably see Harbaugh back at Michigan next year, or at least that's what I hope for Justin Fields' sake. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, every year he's on the hot seat, and he's been on the hot seat for, what, seven years now? So who knows? Maybe this time it is legit because there are a good amount of head coaching vacancies and like we mentioned, the one in Chicago would be prime for him. So I guess we'll just wait and see. But at the end of the day, my guess is that he'll stay at Michigan as well. Because honestly, everyone loves him there. So I wouldn't see why he would leave. But you never know. You really never know with the way that the coaching carousel has gone this year. For sure. Well, this has all been very depressing uh, and we need a minute. So we're going to take a short break. But stay with us. We will be back shortly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. While we can commiserate about a delayed college football playoff expansion and Jim Harbaugh possibly coaching Justin Fields in the future, um, we did have an exciting slate of NFL games that we can recap and maybe lift our spirits a little bit. Uh, Yeah, let's start off with the Raiders and the Chargers. This was one of the craziest games to date. Like, just entering the game, everyone was wondering, maybe hoping that they would just try to tie, knock out the Steelers, and then if they tied, both of them would be in. But they, like, legitimately both tried to win, yet they still ended up in overtime battling back and forth. And the Raiders eventually prevailed, but I, I it was just – it was an unbelievable performance from both teams. Like, Justin Herbert had 64 pass attempts – that's just crazy to me. And then Josh Jacobs, the Raiders running back, had a career day for rushing yards and he had a rib injury. So it was just wild back and forth, super exciting, but just really crazy with all the implications that it had surrounding it. Yeah. So just thinking about this from a game theory perspective, there were two games yesterday in which basically the teams could tie and both pairs of teams would have made the playoffs. Um, and one of those was, as you mentioned, the Raiders chargers and apparently like Derek Carr said that they thought about just tying. Like that was a discussion on the Raiders sideline and it's so (laughs) funny. Um, but it's fascinating, like the decision that went into, I, I mean, you have to play the game, but ultimately like both sides could have taken knees and everyone ended up in the playoffs. Um, so it's pretty, it's a very interesting scenario. Uh, obviously it was very much hoping that the teams would tie last night. Uh, they came so, so close, uh, and would shut the Steelers out of the playoff picture, which would have just been a glorious, glorious end to the regular season for me. I mean, that Steelers game though was also just wild I Big Ben I mean you got to give him credit he showed up when he needed to 
and he helped the Steelers get the win. It was just, I just can't get over the fact of how crazy the NFL was yesterday. Like everything that needed to happen in order for the Steelers to actually make the playoffs happened. I mean, the Colts lost to the Jags. The 49ers ended up beating the Rams. Like it was just it was such a crazy day. I can't get over it. Yeah, I don't have this stat in front of me, but I think it was something like the Colts have lost in Jacksonville or in London when the Jags were the host team like 14 of the last 16 times. Um, and it's so interesting because the Jags had like one good season in recent memory. Um, and the Colts have been like pretty okay for the most part, but they just cannot seem to get over that hurdle of the Jags, uh, which is just so fascinating. Yeah, that's that's a nice way to put it. I was going to say it's pretty embarrassing. I mean, the one team in the entire league that should be beatable, when you're that talented of a Colts team, they just cannot get past them. And all the Colts had to do was win and they're in, and they just couldn't do it. I mean, Trevor Lawrence did have a really great day. The Jags played well, but just – just embarrassing for the Colts. That was a bad loss. And the fact that they were favored to win by, I believe it was 15 points, and then they lost in that way, it was just really shocking for sure. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a really fun transition because speaking of the Colts and a former Colts quarterback, um, this is fun news, not embarrassing news. Uh, the College Football Hall of Fame announced its 2022 class, which is super interesting. Um, the headliner of that class is Andrew Luck, um, who obviously had such an incredible college football career at Stanford. Uh other interesting uh, inductees include Rashawn Salam, who was the only Heisman Trophy winner from before the year 2000 to not be inducted in the college, fo college Football Hall of Fame yet. Um, but of course, as Ohio State fans, we're sort of fixated on safety Mike Doss, um, who played a critical role on Ohio State's 2002 national title team, um, which I'm depressed to say was 20 years ago this month. Yeah, not to make it even more depressed, but that was actually the year I was born. So don't remember too much, but I definitely heard of Mike Doss. He was just an unbelievable player for Ohio State coming back for his senior season to help, you know, guide the team to a national championship. And it's just super heartwarming to see that he's, you know, getting inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. And uh, like you mentioned before, Andrew Luck, I've always loved him. He's just such a great guy, a likable guy, unique for sure. But he was, he, I think he's one of the most talented college quarterbacks of all time. So definitely a really great class. Um, I'm excited to see them get inducted into the Hall of Fame. For sure. And what's cool about, obviously, the College Football Hall of Fame is uh, these are players who, you know, they may have had storied NFL careers. You'll see that. But um, not necessarily. And we all remember how, like, just how great Andrew Luck was at Stanford. Um, and he had this kind of bizarre career with the Colts where he kept getting, like, not just normal football injuries, but, like, lacerated kidneys and spleens and stuff. Um, and ultimately uh, opted to retire early um, when he was starting his family. Um, 
So definitely like, you know, makes sense, but uh, cool to be able to see these players who had these extraordinary college careers uh, recognized. Yeah, I do like what you said about they might not have had really great professional careers at all. I mean, Tim Tebow is kind of a prime example of this, but these these guys all had pretty solid, you know, professional careers, um, but they were just great in college and it's just really nice to see them get the award that they deserve to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Definitely. Um, so just wrapping things up for today, uh, we're going to go to Major League Baseball. Um, Megan, I'm going to let you take this one since you're a Yankees fan. Oh my gosh, this made me so happy. So Rachel Balkovic is going to be the first ever woman manager in the minor leagues. She'll be the manager for the Yankees low A uh, baseball team. And this is just awesome. I'm happy that my team is leading the way as well um, by doing this, but she's totally deserving. She's coached everywhere. She played softball in college. She coached in Australia. She's just been everywhere and she's just set a lot of um, records, I guess you could say. Uh, when it comes to females in MLB, she's been the first female hitting coach in the minors, first uh, female first base coach in the futures game. So she just just set a lot of first uh, for females, and she's just so deserving of this. I've heard nothing but good news. Everyone seems to be a fan of her, so I'm just so excited to see how she does this season. Absolutely. Um Kudos to her. Uh, have we talked about Becky Hammond yet and how she's now the coach of the Las Vegas Aces? No, we haven't. Oh, my gosh. That's another great story. She's just – she's so deserving. I mean, I thought she could get a coach – a head coaching gig in the NBA. But, hey, this is no slouch of a job either. So super happy for her, and I can't wait to see how she does. But she's just been such a great coach for a ton of years with the Spurs. So – Definitely excited to see how she does in the WNBA too. Yeah. Um, I'm for sure going to say that she got snubbed. Uh, she was a finalist for several head coaching vacancies in the NBA last season. Um, and I don't know. I'm not a professional coach in any capacity, but her resume was very, very strong. And coaching under Greg Popovich, um, she certainly had the chops to be able to coach an NBA team. Um, but super excited. The Aces are, you know, a very fun organization to be able to watch. Las Vegas is becoming such a fascinating sports city. Um, so definitely a huge stage and very exciting for her um, to finally get that opportunity to be a head coach um, of a major sports franchise. Yeah, I totally agree. agree. Just she's gotten so much praise in the NBA. Everyone's a fan for her. Everyone on the Spurs loves her. So I definitely think that she could have gotten a head coaching job in the NBA, but I'm, I have no doubt that she could definitely work her way back. Um, but again, this is still a great opportunity for her and I can't wait to see how she does. Well, that's all we have for today. But before we wrap up the show, uh, Megan, do you have any shout outs? Yeah, I want to shout out EJ Liddell with his 34 points against Northwestern. It was just, it was just unbelievable. Like I think he went I think the first five minutes of the game, I want to say was five threes that he made in a row. He was just on fire. It was just so fun to see. He's not super known for his three-point shot, but man, last night 
he was just amazing and helped lead his team to a hard-fought win against Northwestern. So definitely shout out E.J. Liddell for a great performance on Sunday. Nice. Um, Okay, I'm going to give a shout out and eat a slice of humble pie uh, to (laughs) Jadavian Clowney. Um, When the Browns signed him in the offseason, I was absolutely convinced that he was washed up, um, that they were paying him too much. Um, however, uh, Clowney finished this season with nine sacks, including two yesterday against the Bengals. Um, he had an incredible season playing opposite Miles Garrett, um, and, you know, was really a part of a very strong Cleveland Browns defense that had an incredible second half to the season. So shout out to Javian Clowney. I'm sorry I ever doubted you. I think you're great. Um, yeah. Okay. Honestly, I would agree with you. I thought... He was a little bit overhyped. I mean, I didn't know if he was ever going to be that great in the pros, but hey, he's still going strong. Had a great season with the Browns. I mean, it helps with Miles Garrett there right beside you. But yeah, kudos to him. Nine sacks. I didn't know it was that much. So definitely, yeah, good season. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge, uh, you know, impact on his bonus. Certainly, uh, I feel like. I read an article a couple weeks ago about all of the crazy things that could happen in terms of NFL bonuses, depending on what players chose to start versus sit out if they were playoff bound teams. Um, And, you know, Clowney's extra sacks uh, definitely earned him some extra dough this year. So good for him. All right, that's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hustline, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks.